is for the passionate Seahawks fans. The ones who care about scheme more than hot takes. The, 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 the ones who want X's and O's and not talking heads. From the eye in the sky. This is Seattle Overload. Seattle Overload. With your hosts, Matty F. Brown, Griffin Sturgeon, and Ty Dane Gonzalez. Let's go. Welcome to the Seattle Overload podcast where Griffin and I are doing what's possibly our final Seahawks 2023 draft recap. And it's a recap, but it's, it's, excuse me, Griff. said realistically it's probably final, yeah. Yeah, I mean, as much as Jarek Reed and our ability to get New Mexico State tape is impressive, this is probably our final given the, the time frame. But instead of doing just one player, we're, we're delving into two. We're doing Mike Morris and also Cameron Young. So two big defensive line additions, even though they arrived on day three of the NFL draft. Morris out of Michigan in the fourth round. Cam Young uh, out of Mississippi State in the fifth. No, I've got that the wrong way around. Brilliant start. But anyway, uh, both of them, though, important because of Seattle's lack of depth in that area, especially when they were drafted. Obviously, they've since added Javon Reed, who has emerged, is the Seahawks' first-string nose tackle. Cam Young is their presumed backup. And then Mike Morris has been working as the kind of 3-4 defensive end. We're going to start with Morris, though. I'm I'm going to have to look up when these guys were drafted, Griff. This is that would be that would be nice. This is a dreadful start. Okay, can you remember the the, the, the draft was so long ago? Who cares at this point? <laughs> Things have happened. Can Can you remember when they were drafted, Griff? I mean, wasn't Morris a fifth round pick and uh, Young was fourth? He was, and and Young was a fourth. I always forget about like Bradford was like right in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So young, they had to. They were sweating it out, and I think he was one of the few bigs that they still liked. Yeah. And but weirdly, we're starting with Morris because you have uh, an obsession with that kind of body type ever since Michael Bennett was traded for um, what was it? A, a fifth round pick was it? Uh, Maddie, come on! I thought we turned the page. Sorry. Um, yeah, we collectively had definitely moved on from that point. Let, let's see you turn. Yeah, back toward nicer thoughts uh-huh um yeah so we are we are starting with the fifth round the uh, the uh, fifth rounder the guy that was drafted after and i think that's because like what morris could be on paper is more exciting than what young could be <laughs> even if both turn out good if they both turn out the way you want them to be it's more fun to talk about a guy that lines up over guards and could rush the passer than it is to talk about a a run stuffing nose tackle even if that run stuffing nose tackle is really good right wow that is real kind of classism or, of nfl I'll, trenches I'll speak for myself at least yeah um well all right so how, how do you how do you answer why are we starting with the fifth rounder uh because he might be able to rush the passer let's be honest here and when we so, talk about a guy who could rush the passer you, you know morris out of michigan you agreed with he he had seven and a half sacks in his final year he only had 0.5 sacks in 2021, but yeah, that 2020 season, seven and a half sacks. Um, and that was a season where context-wise, context he was kind of had to be their key man. Aiden Hutchinson left. He went from being a role player and uh, David Ajabo had left as well. And he then became kind of a more of a starting player who they deployed across the line rather than a bit part kind of, uh, you know, sub-package uh, rotation dude. So... Really took off as a pass rusher, but what's interesting about Morris and the film we're going to look at today is 
In 2021, he seemed to play a larger size. And then in 2022, he seemed to skinny down a bit. Now, he obviously had that difficult pre-draft process where he uh, was still dealing with a high ankle sprain, um, in, in his words. And he came in at six foot five, 275 pounds, and he tested pretty poorly. He, he had a 4.95 second forty with 1.64 10 yard split. That 10 yard split is not terrible, but his vert was only 20 and a half inches. His broad was nine foot two inches. Then his short shuttle at the pro day was 4.65 seconds and his three cone was 7.46 seconds. So really like not very explosive uh, testing. But since, of course, when he was drafted, Clint Hurt, the defense coordinator, gave him the instructions to uh, don't no more backing away from the table or anything and implying, you know, Seattle wanted him to put on the pounds and be a bigger player. And if they want him to play uh, as the defensive end and we'll get onto his fit in this current Seahawks scheme, if they want him to play as a defensive end, he does need to be a bit larger so he can play it over a guard. Um, and he apparently has come into camp over 290 pounds. And he said to the reporters at the time when he was drafted that putting on that kind of weight isn't going to be an issue. And we believe that's closer to the kind of weight he played in 2021. Now, going into 2022 and watching that film, there were more examples of him playing inside than I thought would, would be the case. But it was largely 2021 where his best reps rush came playing on the inside uh, were true, right, Griff? That was very convoluted. Yeah. But it's very yeah, important. No, I, I, yeah, I agree. I feel like when like we're talking about him as an interior player, we're really talking about his 2021 tape. That doesn't mean what he did in 2022 doesn't still translate the good and the bad. But um, if, if we're trying to like build the house of the eval or whatever, I'd start with 2021 where he was more reliably in the B gap as a four eye, as a three technique and engaging the guard tackle combos and, or just tackle or guard, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's kind of what you're starting with, like the, <clears throat> the, uh, the ground up stuff. Yeah. So before we get to that tape that we've, we've promised, there's one interesting thing that I found. So looking at the Sports Info Solutions Draft Hub, uh, which is still up and still pretty useful for finding certain uh, advanced analytics on the draft prospects from 2022 and that season, in Morris's redshirt junior year, he tied 11th in total points rating per pass rush. Now, he had 98, but he was behind... Uh, nine other players in that but he was 10th best uh, out of the draft prospects but if you look at the numbers that was when he was grouped with edge rushes so he's right. in, he was just behind bj ojolari for instance but in terms of the bigs the only guy he was behind was um tyree wilson uh which something to get onto in a second and then his pass rush total points per game uh he was tied 18th but again in terms of the bigs he wasn't behind anyone really other than Tyree Wilson um in total points rating per play he was behind uh Zach Harrison and Tyree Wilson as like the third best big and then um yeah in pressure rate he he had 16% pressure rate which uh again just behind Tyree Wilson so, so basically yeah. he was kind of a uh, advanced analytics speaking the kind of later round option to, to a Tyree Wilson. And in terms right. of body type, um, they, they have a similar body type in terms of style, slightly, slightly different, slightly different level yeah. of athletes. But, uh, 
I found that intriguing. But mm-hmm. the tape I mean, is he, uh, he, I was just going to say, I mean, he did move well for a 280 guy. Like the movement skills, like the combine being what it was, you mentioned the caveats there. But I mean, the way he moved on tape at 280 in his junior year or was it senior year, his last year in college was still pretty impressive. Um, it's 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 how that translates to the inside more. And we might see him outside a little bit, you know, as a five technique and in, in under fronts. But uh, um, yeah, he, sure. uh, he, he's intriguing all the way around for for a mid round pick. Yeah. And. Um... So the tape, we, we're going to look at Michigan State 2021 first off. So <clears throat> here we go. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. <clears throat> and what what this will look like in Seattle is fairly similar to the kind of stuff Michigan does. Uh, you know, he played a bit of three tech. He mainly played four eye and, uh, and kind of Five tech. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that sort of stuff. But going back to that athletic stuff that we're talking about, a lot of his sacks, you know, the seven and a half sacks I mentioned in 2022, mm-hmm. they came from just being quick off the ball and being able to run around a tackle, which like, okay, the tackle could have done a bit better there. But also um, to have that bend was impressive to me. Yeah, Is this slightly choppy playback? It's fine. It's fine. Okay, there we go. So he's the left outside linebacker here in Yeah. Let me just uh So we're we're looking for three tech reps, yes. Yeah, so 2 223 this game, I think, the timestamp. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I've got I I've, I've got some stuff now. Okay. So here it's hard to tell if he is, um, this looks like a purposeful pad back from the start, but it's uh, solid enough, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of, he has a bunch of reps like this where it's fine, and that's kind of what you're looking for. He He's he's mirror stepping, he's a three, te- a mirror stepping three technique, which I thought was an interesting choice for, it's almost like straight up in the gap. But I thought it was interesting that Michigan used Amir stepping three technique because usually it's a power stepping. But anyway, yeah, um, I don't know if it's because of this Y off and to keep these safe lighter bodies clean. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he maintains his leverage on the tackle. Um, I think out of his stance he's fine. He stays low for six six, and then he's able to keep his, his front side half uh, clean to be able to make a make a play in the gap. So that, that's uh, Ken Walker there. We recognize him. Um, at running back so yeah i mean that's just beyond that like there isn't a lot to say here no and like, he's like, been in training camp he's been kind of working on being lower he because he's a tall guy what he's six six is he yeah uh he's always going to have a kind of pad level deficiency so it's just about how how you um you know compensate for that um, most of his really wild stuff came when he was rushing as a three tech in in a two point stance. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, here yeah, you get a kind of four point pass rush, and he's testing the the anchor of the guard. And 
he uh, he routinely like the one thing he did show is that he does have power. Like he does have legit power on the inside. It's not devastating, but it's there. Um, like the long arms help him here. Like the guard really doesn't have. He he doesn't really have a shot here. It's a one step drop from the quarterback. If this was a gun three drop, he's probably getting bull rushed into the quarterback's lap. So yeah, it, it shows the traits. What I found was. You would, you know, if he could develop a more like definitive long, long arm move, that would really help his game. But he almost struggled kind of connecting that with with his footwork. Like it, mm. it was just very kind of unrefined. Uh, his hand usage very kind of sporadic and inconsistent um, in terms of its success rate. Mm-hmm. Um. Here's a like a four tech rep where he yeah. shows some cornering ability to pull himself around um, when he's the contained rusher. Right, and that's the situation he'll find himself in Seattle plenty, and that shows the movement skills because he's he's two hundred and ninety pounds here. He's two ninety two supposedly. He's not two eighty. He's legit two ninety two. So, like the the the. The C gap player to this, or the the B gap player to the side of the edge that is walked out, is going to have to expand to the C gap and rush the outside track. So the fact that he can actually get there, and then the way he can actually turn the corner a little bit is really impressive. Kind of uses like a snatch rip move, and 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 reduce the inside pad a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's again, it shows the traits, and theoretically, something like that should also translate to rushing guards and cornering on the guard from rushing from a wide angle. He just didn't get a lot of those opportunities. No. Um, so it's a translatable rep. Yeah, and, and that's why I'd say like a lot of the reps, then they wouldn't blow you away, but they are uh, translatable. Yeah. Um, along with that kind of that sack production and... Um, yeah, the kind of athleticism on tape being more impressive than whatever testing allowed it to show, you know. Here, there's another three-tech rush on the guard. I, I, this is kind of, uh, he's to the center slide, so there's not much doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a lot for him to put together in terms of uh, as a pass rusher and kind of working a, like a primary move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was strange because on the edge he had he had moves at the top of the rush. Like he primarily liked the bull rush or long arm inside counter, but he could work right. to the outside half of the tackle. So like, again, you'd think like, okay, well let's apply that when rushing guards. Um, I think first and foremost, though, it's going to have to be counters off of a bull rush, like more, more uh, like swim moves, maybe more push pulls, stuff like that, or snatch, well, I mean- whatever you want to call it. Over 33 and jammed, like there should be a lot more he can do with the hands. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, like you, you, a long you, arm you, down the chest and a ball would be nice. Right. You, you'd like to see him throwing like jab step, like a jab into a uh, like cross trap, right? Like Draymond yeah. has or a speed swipe. Uh, there's actually a couple examples where he throws out a speed swipe. Well, one of the things he can do is when he's bull rushing, he'll stack them up and then just rotate the guard to his inside shoulder and rip under. And that's mm-hmm. just like a strong man, like move, like rotational, rotational strength. Um, yeah. So he does have that, but you'd like to see a little bit more, 
like use hand work. Um, so I like this play because he he knows. So instead of getting hands into the tackle, he he um, he instead shoulders him, rips through because he knows he's going to need both hands available to make the tackle, considering it's short yardage goal line. Yeah, and knows, that, and knows that where differs. the back's going. Right, and that just kind of shows like he can adapt his play style to the situation. Like he understands football. Like the guard goes away. And he immediately has eyes in the tackle. Yeah. Um, I believe he comes from a football family as well. I think his dad played for FSU. Yeah. Um, so, like, and you can see stuff like that. So, my general impression of him on the inside was that, like, he is an inside player or he can be. He's not, this isn't like trying to see if LJ Collier can play inside, where it is a legit project. Like, I think Clint Hurd is working with the foundation. Um, that doesn't mean there isn't work to be done. Like it's all consistency with coming out of his stance low. Right. Um, it's consistency with the footwork. Um, I don't think that's the play I thought it was. Maybe it was. But I, I think in general, like he does have natural hip extension. So mm -hmm. it's just a matter of the feet and the hands being in the right place so we can actually use that hip extension, meaning he's actually exerting power through his hands into the block, which can only happen if you drive out of your hips. Um, right. And that's something that is like, that's a movement that's natural to him. And that's hard for tall guys. Yeah. So he's playing so he, super heavy to the, uh, to the guard. Mm -hmm. And I think that was to protect the, uh, to protect uh, the linebacker a little bit because he's a B gap player, but he's it's like primary secondary gap, right? So he's not true to gapping. It's more like gap yeah. and a half. So he's available to the A gap. And the fact that he's able to put the guard on his outside shoulder and allows himself to become available into that backside A gap, I think is useful. Obviously the ball goes inside that, uh, that fold block or wham block, whatever it is. Um, but uh or what would you call that is it like an instant it's not a trap because it's not either way um I, I think he did his part here like he gets knocked back and then he's able to control the block to work inside of the a gap and actually be available where both hands are free to make a tackle if the ball hit there um so i think what does that show like it shows play strength shows technique yeah that's almost how they'd play a um uh, like head up on a, a tight end or on a tackle. Mm -hmm. And, and like all, even though like he's mirror stepping here, I think we both think he'd be better power stepping as in where you have a split leg stance and the back foot comes forward. So you can get vertical into the block, more surge into the block. Yeah. Like he, like there's a vision where he's even better inside when they yeah. let him so, play a one gap so, technique. So, on that point, Griff, let's talk, uh, as we promised to, let's yeah. talk the difference between mirror stepping and power stepping, which is important to understand when we're uh, talking any defensive lineman in Seattle. So uh, uh, Seattle uses both mirror stepping and power stepping techniques. Now, they're terms that we use because we've heard uh, Clint Hurt use these terms to describe how he has his defensive lineman play. He did use the terms when they're technically running Pete Carroll's system, but ultimately there's 
there's two ways of doing it. And Griff, this isn't a unique thing to Carol or her, is it? It's uh, the the father of of those terms as we know them is um, the defensive line guy, the coach who I'm completely blanking on the name. You, did... Pete Jenkins. Pete Jenkins, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even know if he uses those terms. Like oh, he uses equivalent. He, well, he uses synonyms for them. They mean the same thing. He just says different vocab, but they mean the same thing. Right. So and he he's still like I bet you Clint Hurts tree goes back to Pete Jenkins. Yeah. So there's there's only so many ways of playing on the D line, uh, and in the NFL, I think they really kind of fine tune it to uh, and and also you get guys who play it still with a different style, but there's basically two ways of doing it. So the main the main thing is when you're power stepping, you have one gap and the main idea is that you're going to play that one gap technique in an outside shade so if you're one technique you're outside uh, a center if you have three technique you're outside a guard um if you're outside the center you're responsible for the a gap if you're outside the guard you're responsible for the b gap and then the last technique is the five technique where you are outside the tackle responsible for the c gap now when you are power stepping, you are at this playing in a three-point stance, and when you get out of your you you're stepping with your back foot forwards, six inch forwards, a six inch short step, and you're striking with your two hands and trying to knock back the guy in front of you. Essentially, you're going to try and so knock and the it's, out it's, of him. And it starts with the split leg stance, right? You got one, yeah, front, sorry. one, yeah, that's foot, very important. one foot up, one foot back, right? Okay. Yeah, a split leg stance and that back foot steps forward a little short step, uh, which they describe as six-inch forward step. Now, obviously, you don't stop there. You keep the fit, feet churning. Um, you try and pull your hips through and uncork into the block and, and hold your gap. There's a lot more other intricacies, but that is what we mean by power step. And so certain skill sets are more suited to that uh, versus... Mirror stepping. So mirror stepping in, in the simplest terms, rather than being a one gap thing, is two gapping. So you'll see a guy kind of, rather than taking that six inch step, he is trying to take a lateral step with the angle that the center or the guards that he's mirror stepping or the tackle that he's mirror stepping is also taking. So in terms of your alignment, that will be from a Head up, so zero technique over the center, two technique over the guard, four technique, head up on the tackle. That'll be from those kind of alignments. Uh, we'll get to an intricacy of that. And then they're just trying to take a lateral six-inch step while also catching the guy. And rather than striking him back, it's more of a catch. And then they're able to peek in one gap or peek in the other gap. Now, the way Seattle has always played mirror stepping, bar a few exceptions, is Rather than telling them they're two gap players, they are gap and a half players. So instead of playing head up on a guy, they're playing kind of inside shade on that guy, for instance, in a four eye, or they're a zero technique head up nose tackle in the bear front, but their their primary job is to play the backside A gap. So they're basically playing still one gap but because they're catching and 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 holding that guy 
and and sort of mirroring him rather than playing super aggressive downhill and striking the crap out of him. If you're, say, in the B gap as a four-eye, so you've lined up on the inside shoulder of the tackle, he's stepped to your left, you've stepped laterally to your left and tried to catch him but hold your B gap. But if the ball declares outside because you've caught him and you're in a nice controlled position with your feet under you, you are then able to hopefully shed him and play gap and a half and win in from the B gap that you were holding into the C gap. So it's uh, when you hear like D Lyman complain about Seattle being a bit passive in recent years, um, that's kind of the thing they're talking about because you're kind of having to wait for that guy uh, and catch him and, and hold your gap and let people uh, kind of make you right. So, Griff, did I do a poor job explaining that second? No, I, I think that, I mean, it's really hard to explain only verbally or with with audio, and I, I, I wouldn't add or change anything. Um, it's, yeah, so I, I mean, the, well, I just said I wouldn't add anything, but if, it. I, if, if I were to add, it's, it's um, the, 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 the notion of like when you're power stepping the, the whole split leg stance that Maddie was talking about, it's conducive toward like that foot comes forward no matter what. So it's, it's simpler for the player because no, no matter what the guard does, that back foot comes forward. So even yeah, if, so, if the, the foot that is up, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So on that point, if I'm playing as a left three technique, so I'm a three technique, I know I have the B gap. I know I'm lining up on the outside shoulder of the guard. I'm going to line up in my split leg stance with my left foot forward and my right leg back because I know I'm going to step forward with my right foot and knock the crap out of the guard in front of me. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like mirror stepping, your feet are evenly distributed pre-snap and because it's a horizontal step, like you said, like like the, the use of the term power step is intuitive because you're powering into the guy. Whereas mirror stepping, that's also intuitive you're mirroring the guy in front of you's first step. So if he goes to the right, my first step is with my right foot to my right. Or if he goes to the the tackle's right, the defensive tackle's right. If he goes to the left, it's your left foot goes to the left, right? Um, so it's it's um, in, in, in the, the notion of like why two gap versus why one gap, it's, it's kind of, you know, a, a broader picture view. But for the Seahawks, um, well, this is probably getting too theoretical and stuff, so it may not be worthwhile to discuss it. it. But, well, so like a four-eye, if you're a gapped-out defense, even though they're too high, they, that means that they don't have a stacked box. They still have the safety as a primary fitter, like to the quarter side usually. So that means if there are if there are seven gaps and you have six guys in the box, you still have your seventh guy. You still have a guy that is responsible for the seventh gap, and he's just in the coverage shell, the safety. So for every gap, you have, you have one defender. So in that case, why would you have your defenders quasi, your defensive lineman quasi two gap? They're one gap responsible, but they play a two gap technique within that one gap organization to accommodate this, the fact that the safety is coming from deep. So you're trying to buy time and space so that the math works for you by the time the safety gets there. Now, because it might take a while for the safety to get there coming from 12 yards out as opposed to a linebacker who's five or six yards out, because that defensive lineman in front of that safety is playing a two-gap technique, he can kind of work into the other gap, which then the safety can then just fit off of him. 
So you just correct that guy. So if he now goes into the C gap, all right, I'll fold into the B gap. If he's still in the B gap, fine. I'll just insert into the C gap. Um, now the irony with the Seahawks last year is that they were so good power stepping that it overcame the on paper disadvantage of not two gapping. Whereas they had an on paper advantage of two gapping, but their execution was such that it didn't actually give them the on paper advantage in practice. So it was a lot of theory versus practice. Um, I mean, in their three forefront, they were still good mirror stepping. They were just better power stepping. It was the the power stepping and the 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 nickel fronts, the two four five, where they struggled. Um, and yeah. then, of course, this year we see them in training camp. They're power stepping, they're one gapping, and they're nickel yeah. front. So their nickel front should improve. Uh, but it's not just it's not just the techniques up front. It's it's you got to play a little more uh, uh, cover three. You got to have a little bit more line movement. Um, you got to spice it up a little bit. You got to send fire zones. You know, you can't just be static in it. It's just it's putting way too much situational stress on the players. Like n- n- no nobody around the league could defend the run in it. So, but but changing the techniques will help. Yeah, and and uh, on that point, Griff. Um... The understanding, I mean, Chip has asked, that's what Woods was complaining about, right, with the catching, uh, the two-gapping stuff. I mean, uh, in uh, terms of Woods' job, he was he was always kind of having to do that. But yeah, uh, he's probably just annoyed that the backers behind him were having trouble fitting off him to make him right because he had then had a longer job. Like, if you're going to hold a block up front, then uh, the guys behind have to make you right. But generally, like... Seattle was always asked the D linemen whether they're one gapping or two gapping to control their gap, so not get upfield and penetrate unless they're running a, a fire zone stunt or, or, or stunting right. them into the backfield. But but yeah. the, the the main the main thing is um, last year they they struggled with the the two gapping element and they tried at the start of the year to do more of them uh, even when they were in front in coverages where you thought they perhaps didn't need to. Um, and then they kind of went backwards on that slowly and slowly uh, as much as they could, other than they kept doing it in the nickel stuff, which they clearly, I mean, I think the backers were having difficulty with that as well, the linebackers. And now evidence is this season they've gone back on that as well. So uh, long story short, they will two gap and they'll one gap, they will power step and they will mirror step. But they won't, I don't think, based on the evidence we've seen from training camp, Thank you, Kenny McIntosh's Instagram. Uh, they will not be mirror stepping as much as they tried to last year and struggled with. While they also have got lighter, so you you can you know those different skill sets give you slightly different uh, feel and flavor to it when they when they do try it along with uh, the in power stepping. But uh, yeah, football football can be quite complicated. Uh, that is uh, basically you know, one gapping versus two gapping. Um, and when Seattle used to two gap, it was to buy players uh, more time, extra time, uh, when they're asked to play the run from a deeper spot on the field and perhaps play the run while also being responsible for a deep area of the field in pass coverage. Um, so, yeah. Also, if you've ever got a question like that, really, honestly, searching that term on Twitter uh, or X, is is a good idea if you just put in quotation marks power step or power stepping and then click the videos tab you will find like um 
I mean, you'll, you'll find probably a clip from Griff uh, of of a guy doing it in Seattle, like, and you'll be like, ah, oh, that's what it looks like. Put on YouTube, Pete Jenkins D line. There'll be great stuff there. Uh, and if you want uh, the Clint Hurt thing, I was alluding to. Um, direct message me and uh yeah that uh, honestly with, uh, with stuff like that with football as much as we're trying to explain it over the audio format um if that's a bit confusing i mean you can re-listen to us explaining it but really it's kind of uh the more you'll watch uh for if you're just focusing for that thing when you're watching d-line you'll start seeing it it's like corner technique it took me ages to grasp and i still sometimes question it because you're just staring at people's feet for ages. You're like, is he actually doing that? Because it all happens so fast. And even if you slow it down, you don't necessarily know because they might have a bad rep or be a bit slow off the ball. So, yeah, time and effort. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Griff. Yeah. You wanted to look at Penn State 2021. So, fun story about Penn State 2021 of Mike Morris, who will be asked in Seattle to power step and mirror step, but is probably given Seattle's maybe bringing back the five technique he he might be playing more of a kind of four eye which basically the five technique in Seattle always used to line up to the um the tight end side um and it, it when we're talking about guys well, to protect in un, in under he would in under yeah which in over he's technically the weak side end yes but but with how Seattle's running of this system, I think it's 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 bear tight. tight <clears throat> excuse me, it's bear tight and under. So yeah, he'd be to the tight end side. Yeah, as a five or four, or whatever they want to do. And I di- I didn't even realize we had uh, this Penn State game. So how fun is that? So yeah, Jeff, so the you Penn can talk me through this. Well, the the Penn State game is great for him because. There's a little bit of like okay yeah decent play, but then it also shows like the like the plays that we saw in MSU, but it also shows the limits of what his natural anchor is. Like in a four down front on the interior, he's going to get washed. Um, I think this is an example. He's playing a zero technique nose tackle. He would never do that. Okay, he sh- he switches to a shade one technique. Oh, is a pass rush anyway. Um, I mean it's a stump, but it kind of shows like how quickly he gets he gets vertical right. Nice job, 91. Picking the center. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, so for the 404 timestamp. I think he's playing one technique in this. And it's, yeah, but it's, it's like super a, wide shade, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a pass rush front, right? I mean, look at that. It, but it, it does show like this is why they would never ask him to do this in a normal run situation. This is a quarterback draw. And, and and this is why. Like, I mean, he's also not thinking run, but he's to his credit, he reads run blocking. So he's like, oh shit, okay. Well, I better, I better play the, I better play this honestly. But he's gonna get washed because he's two ninety two against a against a uh, a double here, and he's not gonna hold up there. So it's a good clip to pick out. Not that this situation would ever translate to the NFL, but what happens in the situation would if they were to ask him to play like a heavy mirror stepping three technique in their over G front last year, he would get demolished. And it's because it's not a skill set. I mean, look what happens to 91. I mean, that's actually a really bad rep from 91. It's still a one-on-one. 
Um, but yeah, so I thought that rep was was useful in illustrating the limits, like in bear in three four in the three three five. Morris should work in time, but I don't think we can expect him to be a presence in their nickel stuff on even power stepping on like in high run situations. If they want, uh, I mean, definitely trot him out there in like high pass situations where they could run, where you're okay with giving up a four yard run, a five yard run, but don't expect to stuff the run first and 10 shotgun and their nickel over front, even if they're power stepping. Yeah. Uh, Especially we just in too a, high. In too high, that is. Uh, Griff, we just got a crazy generous donation from uh, Fats McClure. Wow, that is crazy generous. generous. Fats, um, thank you so much. I saw your question earlier, but that is uh, super kind. Thank you very much. Uh, Fats, that is very kind of you. Thank Fats you, asked, totally off topic, would you ever break down your team's stuff and maybe talk about how you coach it and your learning process as a coach? Uh, I assume you mean my the London Olympians fats, uh, perhaps in the in the off season. But the the problem is our off season is um, the American season. But that's something I'm thinking about. Uh, you'd see you'd see how I am a complete charlatan. <laughs> yeah. But thank you very much, fats. Yeah, that's, that was very that's kind. Awesome. It's very kind. Uh, and you. we we won't be we won't be spending it on candy either. I'll be spending on candy. Yeah. Just so fast is a good guy. <laughs> so Mike Morris, uh, this is, um, well, what timestamp is this? This is the same play Griff, but oh, okay. what's wow. interesting about this play to me is we've seen Seattle using this kind of shade in the, the even front. So it's a wide one tech, but yeah, by playing like this and how Seattle seems to be doing it is tilting it slightly. It kind of protects them from the guard double, and you, if if Morris had um, step is so wide that he kind of gets in trouble because his base is uh, kind of off. Yeah, he but, does take a wide step, and I think he's trying to set something up over here, which didn't really materialize. Well, I thought so. I mean, he's thinking past though pre-snap. Yes. So the fact that his right his right leg, his back foot doesn't drive forward tells that he's not he's not cheating the play. Like he's playing the. It could have been a screen. it could have been a pick game for him from ninety one again. Yeah, yeah. Maybe ninety one was supposed to get there. Yeah. Um. And then also, I thought maybe he's taking a wide stance because. He knows he has a natural leverage issue being 6'6", and the wider the stance, that helps him get more knee bend. So he gets lower, so he mm -hmm. can drop his hips more. I don't know. It's a weird rep. But I just thought, like, even even guys that have good anchors, even if they have, like, a lousy rep of technique, they still hold up just because they're ginormous and strong, and they just make it work. He's one of those guys that has to really play with good, consistent technique because... You know, 292 is 292, but 292 at 6'6", six, six, it's not 292 at six foot six one. You know what I mean? The density is different. That matters. So he kind of has to be really consistent with this technique. He does. He does. Yeah. We're, I mean, when we're allowed to, we'll have to cover that that technique that Seattle's using on their even front. It's so funny how it's 
it's so funny um that's such a nerdy thing to say but it's amusing to me how it's almost foreign seeing seattle use a one tech shaded nose tackle now like i'm questioning whether that even is wide in seattle or if that's just how it always used to look but i'm just not used to it yeah so they've used a two eye last year and even and, and and uh head up nose in base or a heavy one mm-hmm. so i thought th- this play was useful because he he powers the tackle it's not anything crazy but it's not like he's converting speed to power like he's literally being pushed away and then he comes back and he's still able to get some gain some depth on the tackle play strength right yeah so there, there's play strength here i mean he's he's got he's not like he's not a soft player um because that, that's not a expanding from the B gap to the C gap and then bullying, bull rushing the tackle is not like a, the most advantageous place to bull rush a guy from. So, you know, like I feel like a lot of these rushes last year, we, we would see the B gap player who like can say, even though this isn't bare, but the B gap player to the side where the outside linebacker drops, they expand to the C gap, the B gap player would. And they're like nothing happens. They're just contained rushing. Like they wouldn't actually yeah. get any depth here. He actually gets Absolutely. depth. And like what happens if the quarterback holds the ball just for a, a, a second, a half second longer? He's probably meeting the he's probably uh gracing the quarterback with the back of the uh yeah, it's right causing issues of discomfort. And I mean this ball is sailed. Yeah. So yeah, it's, let's uh, not enough. If I go to rep, this angle, you can kind of see the impact on the pocket. What what time stamp now, Griff? All right. Um, let's do let's do twelve twenty, just because it's kind of a fun one, even though it's from the edge. No, 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 that was that one, wasn't it? Yeah, here you go. Okay. So this, I mean, this shows the guy's just power, right? Like he's, again, like he's not even, it's kind of the same thing where he's not rushing a straight line where you can. It's not optimal. Yeah. So like as soon as as he converts it, like he has easy power on this guy. That's easy power. This is what I mean as well. If like he had a more definitive or more definite long arm, and he or, he really could you know maybe work the feet as you were saying Griff maybe like a jab or like you know something with the footwork a stutter to just uncork that into the, down the chest of someone mm-hmm. it would really intrigue me and I'm sure that something like DT Jordan is immediately like yeah. identified as like this is we, we're going to work this you have the mm-hmm. traits it's time yeah and, and or you'd like to see you know with his outside arm his left arm does he could he forklift the right mm-hmm. tackle's right arm, and then he could cleanly corner on him. Now, I think Morris probably thought, oh, my bull's working here, so I'm just going to keep bullying. But yep. there, there's so much potential there to use his outside arm with this stuff um, when, when rushing half man or or working the inside arm when rushing guards um, when he opens up the A-gap. So, yep. like, that that shows traits. Um I think 23. Okay, let's actually speed up and go to 34, 34, because there's a really fun, a really fun pass rush. It's just kind of like, 
like, yeah, he can just bull, he can bull rush his way to the quarterback. It's just more of what we're saying. And it turns into, it goes from, uh, from two arms to one arm. It turns into a long arm a little bit at the end. Yeah. And I, I see the kind of forklift element, you know, which, which you were sort of talking about, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you get him those one-on-ones. I mean, he can, he, he might have something as a pass rusher, like their rank and file interior run defenders don't really have a whole lot of pass rush. I mean, Quentin Jefferson did, but then he wasn't that good of a run defender. No. We were always thinking, could Puna Ford have a little bit more this year? And then it never quite happened, right? Like he had a little bit, um, Shelby Harris was a good player for them, but he was literally like one year past his his prime or his peak because he was he was a high end interior pass rusher. Mm-hmm. So the question with Morris is he's a candidate for he's he's going to be one of the rotational early down run defenders, but he might be of those guys he might have some potential in pass rush. And you can't yeah. say that about every guy, like you know who whoever. Um, Trent, who else is on the, like well we kind of feel the same way about miles adams in some ways but uh i don't know like tony mcdaniel we appreciate it we never thought oh maybe he'll have pass rush this year right like no we knew who tony mcdaniel was um yeah and what's interesting about morris is like in terms of like his place on the roster and the more i kind of understand about how seattle uh is running the defense, but just over the years watching John Schneider, they try and get kind of mirrors for players on their roster, which seems obvious, but like Morris is the, isn't always visible, but like Morris to me is the Draymond Jones mirror, right? Like in terms of um, now stylistically, there's differences obviously, but in terms of how they're going to be used and like what Morris's role is going to be and the alignments and assignments he's going to be deployed in, it's Morris. Uh, it's uh, Jones, right, Griff? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. For sure. But I, I, if I recall, uh, Jones coming out was more of a kind of fluidity type. He wasn't. Um... Yeah. And. And and Jones coming out was working, I think, working with less than Morris did as a run defender inside. Like Draymond yes. legitimately got better every every year. He put on weight. He became more technique oriented. I, like at OSU, he was just like a really fun, like like third down player, at least as far as he translated him to day one to the NFL. And then he earned his keep and became a three down player. So I don't like like Morris is working with more day one as a run defender than Draymond Jones was. And so, I mean, with Morris, we're probably talking year two, year three, but year one is just whatever you can get out of him. What one thing I found with his game was he, um, he has pretty good redirection skills for a guy, his size. And he, before his high ankle sprain in 2022, where um, he missed the Illinois game, was hurting for Ohio State, uh, and I think he hurt it during the Nebraska game. So he was like hurt for like half the games. But yeah. the the speed at the size was, I mean, we're not quite seeing it here because like, again, on the interior, things happen quicker. But like the speed at his size was impressive. And, and this sort of stuff is very intriguing. So yeah. 
here we've got him as a four eye, and in theory, you'd think he would be uh, playing the the tackle, uh, trying to mirror him. I think they knew that this was an indicator to for this guy to rock back across the line of scrimmage. But anyway, the ability to to strike the guard, uh, he is one because it, the play isn't over after the first knockback. Like here, it might look like he's kind of reached or sealed into this outside gap, uh, mm-hmm. uh, it, into this inside gap to free up this outside gap. But here, he's he's um able to fight and win that position. Like he's won yeah. that outside gap. Yeah, but I then mean, it's to, yeah, yeah, to be able to from the lockout position to to swim in or rip, it's like a rip inside, isn't it? Uh, to yeah. get off the block and make contact on the back. I mean, because if he doesn't make this tackle and he's just content with playing the the outside gap here, that this is hmm. probably going because the way that run spacing works, if you know, that's yeah, not I mean, ideal that's... spacing. Otherwise, that's ten yards up the up the middle. And when Pete Carroll talks about being more dynamic up front, this is kind of part of what he means. This doesn't scream dynamic, but the ability to okay, he's he's locked out, he's in his gap. The ball is clearly the pads are north south on the back. He's not going to be able to redirect with that wide step up here. So I need mm-hmm. to shed this and get to the ball, and he does that. So this and, is and playing. Go ahead, Griff. No, I was going to say like. So he's power stepping too, right? And it shows, mm-hmm. it shows how much surge he can get into the block um, from that. And I think, like, in time he could be an okay mirror stepping four eye, but he could be like a really good power stepping three technique in a five man front, whether it's you know under reduced over a legit bear, you know whatever. He could be he could be really wreak havoc in there. I mean, um. Yeah, where where I see difficulty for him is on those combos because he's going to be so high that the guy coming to get him is just going to be, you know, enjoy stuff. Um, right. He's going to have a big yeah. target to look at. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the backside guy is going to have a lot of surface area to to get a hold of to knock him out. So um, what, what time stamp was that? Was that, uh, was that 46.35? Yeah. Okay. Can we can we check out twenty three oh five? Oh, we missed that. Yeah, because I I got I got excited. You got excited on that bull rush. All right, what even happens on this one? It looks like a pass rush. Okay, yeah. So he so it shows the uh, he tra- he transfers. So he's a he's a rush ta- he's a pass rushing nose tackle here, basically a wide one technique. Yeah, we call this and- two eye. Yeah, too. I just did it because his stance is more like a whatever. But so even though he kind of transfers to the guard because it's a game, his fluidity to basically arm over on the guy and transition mm-hmm. to the inside, it's just it comes really easy to him. A lot of guys. Yeah, this is what I'd like to see more there. of. But the fact that it's there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to be able to play with with a two way go as an interior rusher you have to because the angles change when the angle makes it to where the the inside the inside a move is more viable you have to be able to go there and he recognizes that it is and that he has the ability to kind of now you'd you'd like to see like a super exaggerated like club swim or something right in time Mm -hmm. um or like a hump move almost like a counter this is like a very very um subtle club swim if you look at the left hand and then the right yeah 
but but it's him like realizing okay like my upper body needs to come over the top on him so you know in in preseason especially we'd like to see him fire out of his block on a guard make the guard kind of panic to so he oversets and then you see morris stick him with his left hand and then swim over with his right arm really quickly you know like you want to see something like really exaggerated and explicit like that um i have to say though um whoever 68 is i mean mm-hmm. we, we don't have to be mean but yeah penn state's o-line is kind of bad mm. doesn't at least at least in 20, 20 2021 yes other than that left tackle right the left tackle yeah he was kind of he, although he's was he the guy that dropped? Was that Rashid? Why well, I don't remember. What do you mean right. dropped? In the draft. No, 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 no. That's you're thinking of the other one. This is the 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 good left tackle was going to come out and be a top five pick, and then he stayed. Oh, oh, okay. All right. So there's one more play to kind of I think for Morris that we should show forty eight oh five because it shows it's a bad rep, and so we kind of need to we need to offset our cautious optimism with a reminder of like well i i think he's um i think he's got a tough task ahead of him i'm not think so? optimistic okay. Anything. okay well then, then then this clip is right up your alley so you and, should and i think yeah based on what i'm seeing here this looks kind of like the stuff uh that yeah is why so here he's playing a kind of 4.3 technique over the guard That's rough. Just a big surface to aim at is what we are kind of saying. Yeah. This is not a bad single uh, single rep against him, but I don't really know how you coach this because, like, he's low and he's low-ish. It's just outside pad. It's just big. It's high because he's tall. So, so th- this is the problem with him mirror stepping. Now he probably won't be a mirror stepping three technique in the NFL for the Seahawks, but if he Theoretically, if he's power stepping and he has a there's a backside combo on him, the the goal would be to create to create like um, horizontal unevenness between the guard and the tackle. So get knocked back into the guard, so that the tackle's angle's screwed up, so that he doesn't have a diagonal angle yeah. on him. That he has a flat angle. Yeah, that's a dream for him. But like yeah. this is so, the kind of rep that like if he will surely be asked to play a four eye here. Uh, for yeah. Seattle and have the exact same problem from a George Kittle as a tight end. And we should say as well, like, Draymond Jones is very poor against combo blocks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Draymond, so th- th- that's true. And the reason why you don't see very much of it is because Denver is also a, a five-man surface team. They play three, four, mm-hmm. bear, tight, and- eagle. And what so, they did when they were in the nickel even front is they would fire zone to try and alleviate stress from Draymond. Right. And when he played inside and they didn't, problems happened, which we've tweeted out if you want to look at that. Right. So now when Draymond is is backside, like the weak four eye where there's no tight end there and he can just have one-on-ones on the backside of shotgun runs, he, he beats the tackles butt all game long for the most part. Uh, the front side of it can be dicey because then you have the guard combo backside, but you're the front side and the ball yeah. doesn't always necessarily bounce to the front side. So you make it work. Um, but yeah, like right there, like that play that you just showed, like 
that's the limits of a guy who's only 290. Like 290 can make a living inside, but 290 can also get rocked downfield by a combo block. You know, yeah. if you're not really good. Like that's why most guys are if they want to be good run defenders, they're 320. And then when you get and when you become 320, you're no longer a good pass rusher, most of them. So that's the like the the guys that are truly elite that can defend the run at 310, 315 and rush the passer at 310, 315 get drafted in the first round. And then get paid twenty million dollars a year. Like that's so you're you're working with trade offs here. Uh, but like he's a fifth rounder, so there's a path for him becoming something interesting. There's also a path for him having the career of a fifth rounder, right? So yeah. So re- I mean, if I'm being realistic about year one, like it's a good year one for him if he plays two hundred snaps would be a great year one for him, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But I and... don't know, because uh, at the three four defensive end spot for Seattle, there is uh, Draymond Jones. I think Mario Edwards is more of a kind of uh, pass rushy kind of dude. Even though they'll try work him in there, but like realistically, if he's playing a lot of snaps, then eh. he's he's the Quentin Jefferson replacement. They brought right. Jefferson in to be an interior pass rusher. Uh, and then uh, Miles Adams is the other kind of defensive end type. And based on the practices I saw today, first day in pads as well, he is being played at the end, which good for him. Yeah. Uh, so then that's two starters, three starters. And then that's where Mike Morris needs to kind of get his stuff done. Because if he's not doing that, that's when to be concerned. So basically he should be the second guy off the bench. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, now, and, and, and then he's on track. Uh, yeah. If he's not, then that's a concern. Uh, and the preseason, he's, he's going to get a lot of reps in kind of the stuff he should be good at. Uh, I, I already mentioned the similarities with Michigan, but even how they played the 2-4-5 look or their, even, their nickel even front, it had similarities to Seattle as well. So it would have been an easy scout for them to project that to the pros, as we've just seen a lot of it does project. So, Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So Cam Young. Cam Young, this thing. Cam Young is from Mississippi State. He uh is a bit older than Morris. She just said Morris was a redshirt um junior. Uh, Young is a, a fifth year senior, so he is turning twenty-three or has turned twenty-three actually. Happy birthday. No. Wow, it's exciting. Is the American date no, he has turned twenty-three. Great. Okay. So, I I mean, to re- quickly recap, I said this guy was immediately like he played in a seahawky way, like the way he struck blocks and had heavy hands and, and stuff like that. And uh, Griff, I think you, you hadn't really watched him pre-draft. How dare you not watch a, a I nice watched tackle. him a little bit. I, I watched a broadcast. I didn't watch right, it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, the broadcast. But... um. Yeah, he. I mean, he plays. And also, going through this, he had nine tackles for loss in his career in the SEC and uh, 51 tackles in 2021, two and a half tackles for loss, 37 tackles in 2022, three tackles for loss. Uh, and impressed, a uh, pretty solid production. He is mainly in run stuffer. But I was saying before we came on air, the fact that Mississippi State like moved their line around so much and kind of relied on games and kind of throwing stuff at a wall to confuse offenses actually works uh, 
to young Young's game's kind of disadvantage for showcasing his best stuff and the stuff he'll be asked to do in the NFL. And in from a Seattle perspective, it works to their advantage because Young, you know, there's less reps of him doing it, so less value uh, in, in his game, in his tape. But when you see it, you're like, okay, this is a guy who can definitely do that in the NFL a lot more often. Um, and that's what they'll be hoping for. I know... I think Pete said he's up to 320 pounds. He was lighter at Mississippi State because of how much they moved, um, but they won't really need him to move that often in Seattle. And he was really stout in college at his college weight at 305. Yeah, so he was. you, you uh, Griff, you were impressed by the, the college all 22 when you got your hands on it. Yeah, he's strong as hell. Like he And he works, he can engage a block, stay engaged with it, and still move laterally really well. Um. A lot of college defensive tackles trick you because they're good college defensive tackles, but and then then they don't translate in the NFL. And you think, well, at least the run defense would translate, right? But it's because they can't move. Um, so he he can he can actually move um, while while engaged with the block, like against zone. Like yeah, he eats up inside zone, he eats up duo, but outside zone, he he keeps his leverage. And doesn't lose whatever vertical ground he's gained on the center or guard or both. So here's like a slight slant from him, uh, but really good striking and the lockout. You can see the the ability yeah. to hold up against stuff. I mean, he's as available as he can be in the backside of the gap, right? Yeah. Yeah, not much as a pass rusher. There is a rep coming up where he has something as a pass rusher. Um, yeah. And they didn't is, give him very many opportunities to like. It makes you think if he consistently gets man protection, he can just bull rush the center. Like, what is he capable of? Well, even here, like the way he um, catapults his own dude. Yeah. I mean, look at seventy-one. He gets kind of jolted a little bit. This center. is the pass rush rep coming up. And I should also say against Georgia, he showed uh, in twenty twenty-two the tape that I have access to. Mm -hmm. He showed similar good traits, just less opportunities to do it, mm -hmm. even less. So like this is really like one of like two snaps all game where he actually has a, a, a two-way go with the center and there's yeah, like pure no one on one. one. And like this kind of shows, one, it's it kind of leads to my like anti-center agenda that like very few of them can actually block people. And it's so rare that we actually see centers in one-on-one -on -one situations where they're actually asked to block. But this is kind of like, yeah, like he makes a he makes a center look undersized because they are undersized. And it, but it's still an Alabama center, you know. It's SEC real real deal football, and he's the stronger guy. Absolutely, and you know we haven't heard much out of camp about him, but really his time to shine is now. Like the pads came on today when we're recording this episode. He won't have been able to show much until the pads are on, and mm -hmm. then his pace jumps really going to start showing up, and his yeah. ability to strike guys. This is hard oh. to tell if he's late off the ball or slanting, but he yeah. is able to keep the leverage and work down the line like he's won against that block. Yeah, the, 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 going back to what we were talking about, Morris earlier. Remember how I said like some guys can be a little lousy with their technique for whatever reason, and they still hold up just because they have the traits too. Like this is mm -hmm. that. Like he has natural anchor. And he's able to keep faith. Like he regains leverage after initially losing it. Yeah, like here as well. The guard pads back or chips on him and he doesn't even get knocked over. He just is fine. Yeah. And he's 
kind of takes the lineman for a little bit of a ride too. Yeah. Um, we will find a, a rep of him just pure power stepping into someone without the slant, but there there is a lot of uh, kind of little slanting. And like this is a good play too because he's able to cross face on the guard. Great control. play. Yeah, yeah. It's he, he doesn't just play like you know take out one gap with the way he slants. He he he's he's cheating the math here for the defense mm -hmm. and one thing which i mean this is pretty quick reactions to the running back cutting up but he recognizes plays so fast um there's play there's a play where he t he gets a tip drill i think it's against arkansas in 2022 where he quickly recognizes that it, i think it's an rpo and his ability to quickly get his hands up is very impressive um I've put he beats the guard into the backfield. Like that's ah. that 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 is you're, you're like you're not drafting him for lateral quickness, but that's reactiveness and and like ball get off and reaction time. Like the fact that he has that capacity in him to gain a get to gain a gap, basically. Well, he's technically the A gap player already, but it's a really tight alignment. Well, actually, maybe he's organizes I think the three he's down and he's just cheating it because he knows he's yeah. supposed to slant but still um you'd like him to get rid of the hands so his you know his side isn't exposed so much but like i think um shows he i think he'd be able to i think he has enough lateral quickness like you said to be able to slant if they wanted mm -hmm. and I, I i think they will you know a tiny i bit. mean i we we want to see a return of fire zones against certain blocking schemes and formations, right? Yeah. So. So uh, a power stepping. It's weird because he's in a zero, but I think because it's goal line, they're like he knows he's, he's just gonna. His... Yeah. They know he he just needs to drive into the block, so he might as well come out of the, come out of his blocks the way that's most comfortable to get knocked back in it. I loved how he was able. This is a this, big rep, so yeah, he's yep. staying in there. I think they are. I don't know if they're designing that, but the ability to play the shade heavy knock back into the center, and again, it looks like he may have, um, you know, lost. If this is his a gap, it looks like he may have lost it. But he's able to lock out, and he almost uses the combo to make him right. And mm -hmm. this, it, I'll show you the wide copy. To show you how he kind of makes this run, uh, I mean, it's designed to go wide, but there's no cutback here. The way he knocks that into the uh, the backfield, uh, but the ability to absorb this uh, scoop combination, yeah, uh, doesn't really, if anything, like I said, it just helps him out. He doesn't get moved by it. It's really impressive play. Yeah, and yeah. We, if you look and... at the wide copy, that's real. That centers because because of how he knocked back the center. Yeah. The center is, you know, kind of run him out to the sideline and reach block him. He doesn't get that done, uh, but also he he can't really move wide because he's pushed backwards. Uh, it slows down that the the width of the backside of that because really they're wanting to create wash on the backside. Um, now maybe it's, it looks like it's designed to go super wide anyway, but uh, against a similar scoop combination, if if they were designing to cut back, there's nothing doing here. This is a pretty impressive job. Yeah. Now it would be nice if the receiver blocked the corner. 
that's pretty <laughs> pretty bad. And then it'd be nice if the corner made the tackle, but uh, but uh, this still, still goes for eight nine yards. But the 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 D line play right there, like the D line did their job right there. Mm-hmm. Um, especially especially Cam Young. So uh, his game is just full of strain, which is something football coaches talk about. But it's that kind of ability to to anchor in there. I found this play impressive as yeah. well. Yep, I love this like, play. Like he he's he's knocking the crap out of guys. Uh, I think he falls here because he's. I think he gets tripped by ninety four, mm-hmm. but he makes the tackle while falling. Um, no, I think he gets tripped by the guy he's dominating, or maybe he is yeah. just being pancake. But anyway, he makes the tackle. Yeah, no, th- th- this is a baller play. This is baller one tech play. Um, and we believe Seattle is going to play a bit more shades this season. Yeah. So in, in base, in the base three, four, we'd be talking about like an Eagle, right? So it's where you've got two, three techniques, maybe one, four, I one three technique, but you, your nose, you let him play a shade, let him play one technique instead of zero. And if he's just more comfortable with, with that, then, you know, structure your defense accordingly, like let the nose play what he's comfortable with. Like there, he's gonna have to play some zero, and there aren't a lot of example examples of him mere stepping as a zero technique. So that will be the main thing to look for, I think. I also I love the hand placement here. This is thumb up, sh- strike under the pads, right in the breasts of the uh, the O lineman to stand him up. Mm-hmm. Um and. You know, this is against Alabama. This isn't some kind of yeah. messy team. Like this is a team who wants to run the ball. They have size. They have NFL size. The a lot of the run concepts are very applicable to the NFL. Here again, this is the type of stuff that they'll yeah. see in the NFL. This is a tight gap combo. Uh he, he kind of gets moved back by uh this play. What did I write down? I think this is an example of how the extra weight will help him because he st- he stays on the center here. He just needs a tiny bit more mass, but he's not moved back too much. Like if you think he starts here and he keeps the center and guard off, he just needs this back of the screen downhill. Um, mm-hmm. He's anchoring in there a bit. Like he went back a yard, still there. He, he joins the tackle at the end. So he's not knocked over. But it, you can sort of see what a bit of extra weight will do for him. Uh, this backer just needs to fire downhill. And obviously, we don't know what they, they're being taught on defense. I don't watch Mississippi State. Ad nauseum. But considering he's supposedly just over 300 pounds here, it shows what technique mm-hmm. can do. Uh, you see he's straining. Yeah, I mean... You'd think He's Alabama would to like stick to on get the center and ignore the guard. And you'd think Alabama would want ideally more surge there right out of their stance. They don't get it. Yeah, they, so, they score the touchdown because uh, whatever happens over here. So he has an anchor. Um, I put this as another good strike on the center, not getting caught up on the guard. Yeah, I mean that's pretty fuck. Excuse my language. That's a uh, pretty impressive 
work. Yeah, the, 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 the back doesn't see in. anything that he likes here. This this linebacker's come down here a bit more. Okay, there's a bounce out. That's not his job. He's he's held up. He's kept this back clean. He struck the center and he hasn't really moved. As good as you can do it. Yeah. Uh, it's a shame this guy didn't make the play. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he Whoa. should be fitting right off of... Uh, he should be screaming down here. Yeah, because the ball's spilled completely. We gapped out. Yeah. Well, yeah, There's he no... doesn't know whether this guy's going in or out, does he? No, 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 no. It's still very bad stack track fallback. Yeah, and so what's cool about this uh, young tape is all the plays where he doesn't move, it's very similar. Um, this is a slant as well. Uh, but he gets comboed, and he does stay in there again and win into the gap that he was slanting towards. So let's see if he slants left or right from the zero tech. Okay, just little stays on his guard, kind of, stay, and gets into the gap eventually. He also plays with a pretty good effort level on the D-line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Gets after it. Um, I want to find the tip drill. uh kentucky 2021 okay here we go and again kentucky like for whatever you want to say about them uh they were trying to run an nfl um an nfl style offense uh but but griff what did what do you think as i try and find this impressive play from young year one for him to me it could be more play time than uh, Mike Morris, not just because he was picked a whole round earlier, but like they're asking a lot of Jaron Reed, and they don't have anyone else. And okay, yeah. maybe the maybe the run stuffing knows only plays in base three four, and Reed can do a bit of both, as we know. Whereas I don't think Young has that yet. But I, I think we I think we see him as the nickel one technique, at least in mixed situations. Um. Brian Monet was wasn't healthy all year long, but he played two hundred and what fifty snaps. Al Woods played about three hundred. There, there's probably five hundred snaps that they need there at the spot. I mean, it'd be cool if it'd be cool if uh, like between Reed and Young, they can handle they they can handle um, nose tackle, and then one of the two maybe preferably young could spill over a little bit and play three technique four eye a little bit too because they might need help on the edge um, yeah. especially especially say brian monet comes back in the middle of the season and say monet is good to go and they actually want to get they want to rotate him in there for 10 15 snaps a game then one of the two would definitely if they're playing well enough and you just want them on the field because say they're one of your four or five best run defenders then at that point you could you could rotate young in at 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 end where you know he'd be run oriented only he's not rushing the passer there but that could be an option as well so yeah i mean i think if all goes well i think cam young could be a 400 snap player this is the tip drill i was talking about and yeah that that's what i think as well yeah, he, and it, the way he just plays the technique, it just looks Seattle-like, as I, as I said. 
mm-hmm. um, even before they drafted him. So here, here he is. This is a tip drill. The reaction time to this is um, pretty impressive. And that shows up as well when they're slanting, his ability to find where the ball's actually going. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I thought that was nice. Yeah, that, that's, that's and he's not like he's point. cheating the pass immediately or like trying to get his hands up. He's trying to slant into his gal. He recognizes pass. He then tries to get a hand up. Then he makes the pick. Like, there's a clear um, progression and reaction speed, which like this, he makes this look a lot easier. There's a lot of guys who wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, so he just yeah. has a nose for the ball. And yeah, his tackles, okay, slanting does lead to tackles because you fool the blocking scheme and you get unblocked guys and you penetrate into the backfield a bit more. But his tackles are also because he gets after it and he can react to plays, um, along with being a problem just one-on-one. Uh, yeah, and this is a this is a Will Levis uh, special, but uh, the, the you know maybe maybe he'll, maybe he'll be a good player, maybe. Perhaps. So Griff is yawning. That that is two Seahawks draft picks done in one. Now, yeah. if you'd like to know anything else, please do ask in the comments. But. That's us. That's us done. We're, me and Ty are going to be back on Thursday and possibly Griff with a Newsy uh, training camp kind of style uh, recap. Um, Fats McClure, thank you so much for your donation. That's super, super kind. Um, thank you, Fats. I won't be buying candy. And uh, we I won't will. be. Your Griff will be. There you go. Trader Joe's special. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably costs 150 bucks. Trader Joe's candy. But uh, yeah, thank you, Fats. And Everyone else, this is a podcast. Download it, review it, five star review it. Um, follow Griff at C Mike Spin Move. Follow me at Matty F Brown. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, we're going to be regular each week, so we're not going anywhere. And uh, hopefully, the Seahawks have a, a good season with these rookies that we've we've taken a look at this season. All right. Until next time. This has been the Seattle Overload Podcast.